Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets here with your weekly Bull Bear podcast. Now, if you have not already, as I tell you each and every time, make sure you do subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's where you're going to find a lot of great new features uh, involving chief investment strategist Adam O'Dell, Green Zone Fortunes co-editor Charles Sizemore, and myself each and every week. If you're not already there, go to youtube.com, type in Money and Markets in the search bar. You'll find the green Bull Bear logo. That is us. Hit subscribe, mash that notification bell, and get notified each and every time we post up a new video. Now I'm going to move on with today's podcast. A lot, got a lot to cover. Our chief investment strategist, Adam O'Dell, calls this sector of the market disruptive. It's not necessarily an uncommon term, but one I think in this respect that should be taken very seriously. The field of DNA-based medicine is disrupting the ways that we used to treat ailments, cure diseases, and keep ourselves healthy. We're, we're moving well past the, uh, the, the, the time of just prescribing things like Oxycontin or narcotics and things like that to treat uh, to treat regular illnesses. And it's biotechnology companies that are leading that charge. These are companies that are trying to do good in the field of medicine. Uh, they're truly taking the care of the patient like you and me and make it a premium. And I'll give you a few examples here. A company that Adam recommended uh, to his Greens on Fortunes readers recently launched a platform that will innovate how medical professionals study the human gene and develop therapies to cure rare diseases. They're basically putting together a huge library of human genes and telling medical professionals, here you go, use these to test and make new therapies. Another company that Adam recommended is advancing the trial of a drug used as a nasal spray to treat respiratory illnesses. Now, I had a respiratory illness, and usually it's take a couple pills, do it over the course of, of, of a week or two weeks. This is being done with a nasal spray. So it goes right to the heart of the issue, which is right into your respiratory system instead of a pill that has to circulate everywhere and, and do all sorts of things before it actually takes effect. And the point I'm trying to make here is that all these companies are working actively to treat diseases that were otherwise only managed by taking a pill or narcotics and doing it over a long stretch of time. And the market to, for these new treatments continues to expand. If we look at the global pharmaceutical revenue uh, since 2012, we can see that in the first year, 2012, Biotechnology only contributed about $149 billion to the total, or about 19% of all pharmaceutical revenue around the world. Now, by 2026, as the subsector continues to expand, pharma revenues from biotechnology are expected to grow to $505 billion, or more than 35% of all pharmaceutical revenue. So it's basically taking more than a third of all revenue in, pharma, in, in, pharma, in pharmacy, uh, and, and it's all being attributed to biotech. And that puts bio, the biotech sector growth at around 239% from 2012 to 2026. That is pretty impressive growth. And investors are taking notice of it. I analyzed the NASDAQ biotech index from 2000 to present and, and found that in 2000, the index here, which basically tracks biotech stocks listed on the NASDAQ, has a, had a value of about 1,085. Now, if you fast forward to 2021, by the end of this year, that index value is expected to jump to 5,085. That's a 369% jump in index value, meaning stocks in the sector have taken off significantly, especially since 2012. To drill even deeper, in 2019, the index value was around 3,787. And if estimates hold, the index value will have increased 34.2% in just two years. 
we've established a strong uh, uptrend, upward trend in the sector. Now, the question is, is how can investors play the trend? Well, rather than pouring over thousands of pages of stock data yourself, I've already done that for you. I've concluded that if you're looking for a diversified approach uh, to the biotech sector of the market, and I believe you should, you should look at an exchange traded fund. Now these ETFs are traded like any other stock, only they hold a basket of sector related stocks aimed at strong performance. And I found three that you should really take a look at. The first one is the iShares Genomics Immunology and Healthcare ETF. It trades under IDNA. Uh, the other one is the ARC Genomic Revolution ETF, which is ARCG, A-R-K-G. And then there's the Van Eck Vectors Biotech ETF, which trades under the ticker BBH. Now, the first two are under the uh, New York Stock Exchange. The uh, BBH trades on the NASDAQ. And I looked at their total returns performance over the last year. I found something fairly telling. Now, from November 2020 to February 2021, Kathy Wood's ARCG saw a massive jump to reach more than 50% returns. It was by far the best performance of all three uh, for that time only. And a lot of that reason is because there's been a lot of media buzz uh, surrounding all of the ARC ETFs and Kathy Wood has made a ton of media appearances and things like that. Not saying that it's bad. It's just saying that, you know, investors tend to trade a lot on media hype, but smart investors like you look beyond that media hype. And since July, ARCG has actually been on a downward slide and is now only up 1.5% from where it was a year ago. So that leaves IDNA and BBH. Both rose at the first part of the year, but not to the degree of ARCG, only between about 20 and 30%. However, unlike ARCG, which moved down, both IDNA and BBH moved up starting in May and running through September. To date, BBH has gained more than 21% over the last 12 months, while IDNA is up over 19%. So with this close performance, I turned to our proprietary green zone rating system on moneyandmarkets.com. And what I did is I took the holdings for all three ETFs and pulled the individual ratings for each stock. A little bit time consuming, but not too bad. We're looking at uh, well over 100 stocks to look at here. And I, I took all their green zone ratings and, and, and looked at each, each sector, uh, each, each metric that we look at and their overall rating. Uh, and, and here's what I came up with. And bear in mind that most biotech stocks uh, are relatively new. So they don't necessarily rate as high overall because they don't have the historical data that we use to evaluate within the system. So it's not that these stocks are necessarily poor or anything like that. They rate low because not all the data is readily available. <clears throat> so what I found was IDNA has about 43 individual rankable holdings as of today. And the average green zone rank of those holdings is 29.4, which is a pretty bearish average. BBH has 24 individual rankable holdings as of today with an average green zone rank of all those holdings of 44. This is a neutral average. Now for reference, ARCG, which I've pretty much already kind of dismissed right now, uh, has 45 rankable holdings with an average green zone rating of 19, which is even more bearish than IDNA. So between the performance of the ETFs and the average rankings of all the holdings, I would recommend the Van Eck uh, Vectors Biotech ETF, which trades on the NASDAQ under BBH. Uh, BBH holds 25 holdings, uh, 25 companies, or 25 holdings, 24 of those are companies, uh, and they do have some cash in the portfolio as well. Uh, and, and the holdings are, are big names like Moderna, which trades under mRNA, Amgen Incorporated, which is AMGN, uh, Gilead Sciences, which is GLID, and Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, which is REGN. It has a gross expense ratio of about 0.35%, which is the amount that investors pay uh, basically Van Eck to maintain the portfolio. 
And that's lower than the 0.45% expense ratio for IDNA and much lower than the 0.75% expense ratio for ARCG. As an ETF, all three do pay out dividends uh, to shareholders as kind of a reward for being. And plus, it's kind of a legal thing. 90% of uh, usually all profits are usually paid out to, uh, to shareholders as dividends. BBH has a yield of 0.31% or around 61 cents per share for the year. That's not great, but it's also not bad. And you compare that to the others, you've got a 0.18% dividend yield for IDNA, but a 1.09% yield for ARCG. So if you're looking to enter the biotech or biopharma market and want to diversify, I would recommend BBH. Uh, its performance is consistent and stronger than its peers. It hold, its holdings rank better on our green zone rating system and its dividend yield is right there in the middle of the park. It's not high, it's not low. It's kind of right there in between. So I think BBH is the way to go if you're looking to get into biotech. By the way, if you do want to know more about biotech and specifically Adam's take on biotech, I would recommend that you uh, uh, look into his Green Zone Fortunes newsletter. He, uh, he uh, does a great job explaining things. He does uh, one recommendation a month. We're going to flash a little thing up here at the top uh, so you can find out more uh, specifically on biotech as well. As, and, and I'll give you a, a hint here. Um, he does have a biotech pick coming uh, here very, very soon. So make sure you look out for that and join Green Zone Fortunes and find out more. Now, I want to move on to our uh, YouTube uh, poll question that we had last week. Uh, in my marijuana market update last week, I, I talked about the big battleground state for cannabis companies and legalization. And we asked whether what, what state you thought had the best chance to legalize adult use marijuana by the end of 2022. And about two thirds of you said that Florida, you actually agreed with me, I feel pretty good about that, agreed that Florida had the best chance uh, while 12% of you said it was going to be Maryland. Now, if we didn't include a state, we did ask for comments on which ones you thought would be next. Christian Paul CP said, hopefully there's meaningful progress at the federal level. So this question becomes a moot point. I don't disagree. I actually think that would be great, but I'm not sure if Congress moves quite as fast as the rest of us do. Michael Jackson said this about Florida. He said, we live in Florida as much as I hope it's legalized here first. I just remember how much the GOP stood in the way of everything about medicinal. A lawyer had to sue to get flour to flour okay. And it's just frustrating with everything here. They want eight, the 1850s again and all that entails. And then Maynard commented, I bet Rhode Island will be next. Well, one thing you have to understand here is that the vice argument around cannabis, which is that it's, it was kind of like alcohol or gambling, has kind of been worn out. There's really not much to play there. Uh, politicians see this as widely accepted and more importantly, a big revenue generator for the state. No politician wants to raise taxes, especially in an election year, which is what we're heading into. Uh, so state legislators, I think, are going to take a hard look at new ways to bring in money. And cannabis is certainly a way to do that. Now, thank you to everyone who does vote and comment on our poll. We do them every week. So make sure you check back on our YouTube page uh, and vote. Uh, we do these polls. Uh, you can check our community tab uh, of our channel and see what we're going to ask next. We have a lot of great content on our YouTube channel from Ask Adam Anything to Investing with Charles and the Weekly Marijuana Market Update. If you do have a question or a particular sector or stock that you'd like any one of the three of us to look at, whether it's Adam, myself, or Charles, uh, email us feedback at moneyandmarkets.com. We'll flash that email address down below here, but it's feedback at moneyandmarkets.com and we would love to answer your question uh, either during our podcast or on any one of our videos. If we do use a question or maybe you submit a video of you asking that question and we use it, and we are going to send you some very cool money in markets gear. So uh, that is a little incentive for you like this, this shirt I have on here. That is just some of the many uh, pieces of swag, if you will, that we have uh, available uh, to you if you, uh, if you send us a question to our, uh, to our email address or post down below 
on YouTube. Also, head over to moneymarkets.com and sign up for our free daily e-letter. Uh, in it, we give you safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information for your portfolio. Until next time, this is Money and Markets Research Analyst and host of The Bull the Bear, Matt Clark, wishing everyone safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you. Thank you.